0: Hello and welcome to The Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls, where we're recapping all episodes of the 1980s sitcom, The Golden Girls. Today, we are on Season 1, Episode 6, On Golden Girls. Yes. Plot summary.
1: Ah, we start this episode in the kitchen. Dorothy and Rose are sitting at the table. Sophia is at the island. She's preparing something. Blanche enters. She just got off the phone with her daughter, Janet. Janet is having marital troubles. So how do you fix it? They're going to work on it by going to Hawaii for a second honeymoon. And while they are in Hawaii for two weeks, they are going to leave their 14-year-old son with Blanche. Yes, great ideal. Uh, Dorothy is also upset as she doesn't think she'll be able to study for her French final with a 14-year-old in the house. Uh, We get a Cary Grant reference, and he is living in the broom closet, apparently. Uh, Rose comes up with some things they can do with him, like Disney World, Seaquarium, the Everglades, and go watch Rambo. Sophia loves that idea because she's seen the movie twice and she loved it. Uh, the next scene, Dorothy is sitting on the couch. Sophia enters from the hallway on the right, um, the one close to the kitchen, and we see her exit a door slash room down that hallway that is very close to the entrance to the living room. I mean, it was so close, it was pretty bad. Um, But anyway, it's probably her bedroom, or supposed to be her bedroom, but they didn't want her to walk all the way down the hallway. Anyway, they talk about Dorothy snoring, and Sophia says that less disgusting noises come out of Ernest Borgnine. Uh, Rose comes out of the kitchen and states she has made an after-school snack for David. So this must be the 14-year-old and his name. Blanche then enters from the front door, She couldn't find David, he wasn't on the plane. Oh no, Sophia says she will help Dorothy move her things back to her room. Uh, Dorothy just states he probably missed the plane. Rose says she missed a plane once and also missed a train. Ah, there's more small talk. The doorbell rings and it is David. He apparently stowed away in the airplane bathroom at Miami and was finally picked up in the duty-free shop in report Bahamas. Seems like David might be trouble. Uh, Blanche makes a move on the officer that brought David home telling him that she is usually at Wally's for happy hour on Tuesdays and the officer didn't seem to be too impressed with that. Uh, David is introduced to Dorothy Rose and Sophia and we do get more insight into how much trouble he might be Rose says she went to the Bahamas once. He asked her if it was the Nina Penta or Santa Maria. Uh, Rose doesn't get that joke because she went on a DC-10 and doesn't think it had a name. Uh, David is going around the corner to a burger joint and doesn't know when he'll be back as it depends on how late the guys from Miami Vice want to party. Ah, Blanche says David's father is a Yankee. Uh, We get a story from Rose about milking Alice, a cow. Alice had to sit on a stool as she was involved in this nasty plowing accident. Rose goes on, but Dorothy stops her and tells her to save it for David as that will be his punishment. Uh, Better to punish him than the girls here. Uh, Next scene, we're in Sophia's bedroom. Um, And uh, this, if I recall right, is the first time we see it. Sophia is making incredible amounts of noise. She's filing her fingernails. She's putting on some cream. uh, And all while Dorothy's sitting at a table studying for her French final. Dorothy wants to get an A and the test is in two weeks. There's some small talk. Uh, Sophia states that Dorothy is catching a cold and will have one tomorrow. Uh, Dorothy asks if this is the curse of the Catwoman. Um. Uh, they are now in bed trying to sleep and Dorothy smells something. Sophia states she has some Bengay on her knees, Vicks on her chest, and some eat on her neck. What a combination. Uh, Dorothy then starts moving all over and Sophia responds that she will need a Dramamine. Uh, we get more shenanigans in the bed and a story and learn that Dorothy hasn't slept in Sophia's bed since she was a little girl. Oh, as they're drifting off to sleep, we hear cymbals and rock music in the background. Ooh, who could that be? Uh, We are out in the living room and David and three buddies are just making a racket. We see Blanche coming all the way down the hallway on the right side of the living room, apparently leaving her bedroom that was at the end of the hall. So once Blanche gets to the living room, you can see Rose come out of a room to the left down that same hallway near the end close to Blanche's door. Then we see Sophia enter that same hallway from the right, right past the entrance to the living room. Then Dorothy comes out at the same place as Sophia exited, which seems good since Dorothy and Sophia were sleeping together. Uh, David couldn't sleep, so he ordered some pizza. He met some friends and wanted to party. And this kid is just 14. Uh, And it is two in the morning, wow. David is acting like a spoiled kid and throws in some rubs on the girls. Dorothy throws the other kids out and we get more from David. Some more talking and then David says they can just kiss his attitude. Um, Yeah, just kiss his attitude and Sophia slaps him. Ooh, David then leaves the living room and goes down the hallway to the left of the living room and they don't think that Sophia had the right to slap him. Blanche goes outside to console David. David says that nobody has ever hit him before. David thinks he should go home, while Blanche says he can't, as nobody is there to take care of him, but he'd rather be there alone than trapped here in Miami with Blanche and the other girls. Besides, he can take care of himself. There's more small talk, and David goes back inside. Oh, in the kitchen now, we have all four girls there. Sophia, Dorothy, and Blanche are sitting at the table, while Rose is back at the window area. They've come up with a list of chores that David can do. Blanche thinks it is too much to ask him to do. Uh, Dorothy thinks it is what Blanche needs to do. It won't be the easiest thing, but it would be the best thing. Rose states they had chores on the farm. Oh, they had to feed the chickens. They had to slop the hogs and muck the stalls. Thank you very much as Sophia is trying to eat. After doing all that, Rose still had to take care of Larry, her one-eyed pig. (laughs) Ah, <laughs> uh, Dorothy grew up in the city, and she did chores. She made the beds. Uh, she washed the dishes, scoured the pots, cleaned the bathroom, folded the laundry, took out the garbage, and Rose asked if they had chores in Sicily. And Sophia states they invented chores there in Sicily. Crossing the street without getting pregnant was a chore in Sicily. Uh, Blanche didn't have to do anything when she was growing up, and her daughter didn't have to do anything either, so this is all Blanche's fault. Blanche leaves as she is going to give this list of chores to David. And Rose has been wondering this entire time how it is possible to get pregnant in Sicily just by crossing the street. And Sophia replies, cheap, siante, and narrow streets. Ah, the next scene, it's a dark living room. That's Chianti for reference. Oh, Chianti, sorry. (laughs)
0: It's Chianti for reference.
1: Chianti. Yeah, I did a soft C, not a hard C. Uh. Chianti. 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 Uh Okay, and it comes up again later. So Uh, next scene, it's a dark living room. But we have somebody coming out of that first door on the right, down the right hallway. And it's David carrying a bag. Hmm. Is that Sophia? and, and, uh, And Dorothy's... Bedroom he's coming out of boy. See this is really where they don't do these rooms too. Well uh, And Dorothy comes out of the kitchen and stops him They have a good talk. David doesn't mind the gardening, but doesn't like the vacuuming that is for girls Dorothy says they can renegotiate Oh, uh, next scene, they're all on the lanai blanche is given a toast first to Dorothy who got an a in her french class proving you can teach an old dog new tricks. We get a Jane Goodall reference from Sophia and Dorothy then talks to David saying that in the past week he has proven to be one good kid. David states that he learned a lot in the past week. He got hit, did chores, learned all about handicapped animals. (laughs) I wonder who that was from. And says he wouldn't mind living there full time. Um, That's not gonna happen as Blanche uses some good reverse psychology as she calls David's parents. Yes, and they will be taking him back. Our final scene opens with David leaving and standing at the front door and the girls are all lined up to say goodbye. They say their goodbyes and that ends the episode on Golden Girls.
0: Well. This episode aired on October 26th of 1985. What other historical events happened on the day of October 26th? Well, I'm not quite sure how this is known, but going back to 1492, lead-slash-graphite pencils were first used on this day. I'm not sure how that is known, but... That is what uh, the history website that I was on told me. So they know the exact date. Apparently. uh, In 1858, Hamilton Smith patents the rotary washing machine. In 1901, the first recorded use of a getaway car after a shop is robbed in Paris. Uh, In 1916... Margaret Sanger is arrested on obscenity charges for advocating for birth control. Uh, In 1922, the Italian government resigns under pressure from Benito Mussolini. In 1949, U.S. President Harry Truman increases the minimum wage from 40 cents to 75 cents an hour. In 1964, Eric Edgar Cook becomes the final person to be executed in Australia. In 2015, the World Health Organization officially classified processed meat products as carcinogens, meaning they cause cancer in humans. At our most recent event, on October 26, 2018, the longest World Series game by both innings and time occurred as the Dodgers defeated the Red Sox by a score of 3-2 to two in the 18th inning in Game 3 of the World Series in a game that lasted 7 hours and 20 minutes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> uh, cultural references well they reference Cary Grant who's an actor from like the 50s uh Rambo now Rambo of course is they they reference uh the movie here explicitly and uh, of course Rambo is a uh multimedia franchise uh, originally starting with the 1972 novel First Blood written by David Morrell about John Rambo, a troubled Vietnam veteran and former Special Forces soldier. It uh, would then, of course, receive four film adaptations, First Blood in 82, uh, which is then Rambo, First Blood Part Two in 85, which is probably the one they're referencing here, I would assume. Uh, Rambo III in 88, then none until Rambo in 2008 and Rambo 5 Last Blood coming out later this year in 2019 Uh, it of course has also received a television series many comic books video games apparently a collectible card game and even has a uh, Indian remake of the film apparently if you're interested in that okay uh, they reference Ernest Borgnine who's another actor from like the 50s and whatnot uh they reference pagers uh in this episode which is essentially uh the pre-cell phone cell phone which is you know reading about what it actually is used for is pretty um sounds pretty worthless but at the time was probably pretty Pretty helpful uh, as you know it was first uh, launched in nineteen fifty and it's essentially just uh, like a little device that you can get a little message telling you uh, you know come to work at nine and nine we need you or something like that you know just little uh, tiny things like that Uh, they reference Miami Vice, which is a television show, unless he means the actual Miami Vice Police Squad, which in that case is a vice unit, so it's a drug unit. Um, Bengay, Vicks, both uh, pain relief uh, cream products. They also reference Deep Heat, which is the same thing, but as far as I could tell, this may have been different in the 80s, but at least today is primarily only sold in the UK, so... uh, that's maybe a little odd. Uh, Dramamine, which is a nausea medication for people who suffer from motion sickness. Now, I am not this great of an expert, as they only play about like ten seconds of essentially just a drum section. But from what it sounded like, uh, the song that David and company were listening to in this uh, episode uh, sounded very Sabbathy. Sounded very Black Sabbathy. It may have been. There was never no credits given, but given you know Black Sabbath in eighty-five probably weren't too expensive to license out, could have done that or some something similar at the time, like Budgie or Atomic Rooster, maybe. Uh something like that maybe is what that track was, but I cannot find any reference as to what that song actually is. It is played here or it's something they created themselves, but I highly doubt that. Uh, But nonetheless, I cannot find any reference as to what this uh, piece of music was. Uh, They also reference Long Day's Journey Into Night, um, which is a play uh, first written in 1941 by Eugene O'Neill, though was not published until 1956. Uh, It is widely considered to be O'Neill's Magnum Opus and one of the first American one of the finest American plays of the 20th century. It premiered in Sweden in February of 1956 and opened on Broadway in November of the same year, winning the Tony for Best Play. Uh, O'Neill posthumously received the 57 Pulitzer Prize for Drama for the play as the work concerns the Tyrone family consisting of parents James and Mary and their sons Edmund and Jamie. Mary is addicted to morphine while Edmund is ill with tuberculosis. The long day refers to the setting of the play, which takes place over 124-hour period. And I could tell you the entire plot of the play, but we don't need to be here an extra 20 minutes for that. So, um, okay. <laughs> nonetheless, that's what they're talking about, a play about a morphine-addicted woman and her... Uh, tuberculosis patient husband and their children. So, um, very, uh, very interesting play, I've been told. And uh, last but not least, they reference Jane Goodall, or Dame Jane Goodall, as we should refer to her. She, she got a damehood in 2004, uh, is a British primatologist and anthropologist, best known for her 55 year work studying the social and family interactions of wild chimpanzees since she first went to Gombe Stream National Park in Tanzania in 1960. She's also served on the board of the Non-Human Rights Project since its founding in 1996 and in April of 2002 was named a UN Messenger of Peace and is still going strong at the age of 84 currently today. Wow. Um, so some fashion decor notes. We see Sophia's bedroom here in this episode. Uh, and it has wallpaper that I couldn't quite place what it looked like. Uh, the first thing I came up with was terracotta stonework. Uh, but then I looked up what that is and it's not not quite. But it looks a very weird wallpaper pattern Sophia has here. Uh, she also seems to have well, the smallest bedroom we've seen so far as it looks relatively standard bedroom size and not gigantic like Dorothy's and Blanche's. Uh, one of the quote-unquote teenagers that David uh, is hanging out with uh, has a rat tail hairstyle going <laughs> on. It is not yes. <laughs> not a good look. Um, Dorothy has to look at that um, a yeah. uh, long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And another strange thing... Uh when at the scene where they're assigning chores at breakfast, both Rose and Sophia are wearing aprons at the time, but only Rose is shown cooking or cleaning or anything. So I found it a bit strange that Sophia was wearing an apron just to eat toast. Uh she probably I, put it on to make the toast. I don't still, know. Still you need an apron to make toast? She's eighty. I guess. I don't know. Um, so side characters, uh, David, of course, here is played by Billy Jane, who is an actor and director most known for his acting appearances in Just One of the Guys, Cujo, and It's Not Easy, uh, he also, uh, has recently turned into the world of directing, uh, He has eight directing credits. He has directed seven music videos, four for the band Buck Cherry for their singles Gluttony, Wrath, Say Fuck It, and Bring It On Back. Uh, He has also worked with Josh Todd and The Conflict as well as Luis Goffin. I don't know who these last two artists I've said are. I know who Buck Cherry is. I don't know any of those songs. but, uh, (laughs) But he has also most recently... Uh, directed a TV film called Conspiracy in 2016, which, according to the IMDb, IMDb page, is a seven-minute interactive short film where you can figure, where you can play through like to your own ending. Uh, that has been completed, but has yet to be released uh, in the last two years since it was finished. Uh, <clears throat> the police officer in this episode uh, is played by John Hostetter. Uh, An actor known for his appearances in Heartbreak Ridge, Beverly Hills Cop 2, and No Way Out. Yeah, he also appeared in Murder, She Wrote. Uh, Did some voice work in Vampire Hunter D, uh, as well as the Spawn animated show. Was in Star Trek Insurrection, ER, uh, Murphy Brown for 65 episodes. I uh, was also in the English dub of Princess Mononoke. Uh, so he did quite a few things. He's in The People Under the Stairs. Uh, for all us for all you Wes Craven heads out there listening to <laughs> Golden Girls Podcast. Uh, so he did quite a few things. And last but not least, boy number one. The other teenager that spoke here is played by Carl Wiedergott. Uh, uh, he doesn't really have much of an IMDb page. Let's see. Um, his professional stage debut came in the role of David in the National Broadway Tour, the Tony Award-winning drama Torch Song Trilogy. Uh, his television debut was in this episode, and his film debut came in an independent film titled The Education of Allison Tate. That is all we know about him. Uh, Although he does have one credit that is somewhat interesting. That is in 253 episodes of The Simpsons, he has provided additional voices. Okay. Uh, He was also in The Simpsons movie for the same thing, of course. Uh, He was in Star Trek Enterprise for one episode as Lar... Uh, So, that is boy number one. Uh, In this episode, no uh, sexual conquests were established by any of the girls, as far as I could tell. So, our tallies still stand. Blanche, five. Dorothy, three. Rose, two. Sophia, one. Continuity established. uh, Blanche has a daughter named Janet and a grandson, David. Blanche goes to Wally's, I assume a local bar of some sort, on Tuesdays during happy hour. And I believe we have a mistake made here as unless Blanche gave her room to David, which is implied later in the scene, she should have come from the left side of the living room, but she came out of a bedroom on the right side of the living room along with everyone else. So either her bedroom has moved or she gave the big one to David and is over there Uh, with Rose, maybe, or something over there. Not sure at this point.
1: Not sure.
0: And some additional notes I have on this episode that didn't fit anywhere else. Why does Dorothy have a French test? What is this for? Is she, like, trying to get a master's? Maybe. Because she's a substitute teacher, which you need at least an associate's degree for, at least in modern times, I can tell you that. Yeah. Uh, You need at least an associate's degree Now, uh, Um, depending on the school district, uh, because I have looked into it uh, for for subbing, so maybe at the time you didn't, so she's just trying to get a standard, an associate's or bachelor's, but it's like she's trying to get a master's or something here? uh, Maybe the schools, uh, to be a teacher
1: you have to have some continuing education every so often, Hmm. or something, why it's French, why it's like, oh, the final's in a... We didn't even know you were taking a French class until uh-huh.
0: this, 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 episode, this episode.
1: right. I mean, how much time is there in between each of these episodes?
0: Right, unless maybe she's trying, unless she's doing it. So like, okay, if I have this French degree, I can now sub for foreign language. I can uh, sub for French classes for as French well. French classes, maybe. So I'm more consistently employed. Though she doesn't seem, well, we don't really ever see her go to work much. But no, we don't. But it's pretty established. She's relatively consistently employed, even yes. though we don't ever actually see it. Same thing like with Rose and Blanche, except right. for except for a couple episodes where we do go to work with them. Uh, they seem to never work, but that's no. a problem with a lot of these shows if you think about them. Oh but yeah, if
1: you think about them, oh yeah,
0: yes. So maybe maybe that's what she's doing. I don't know. Um, I loved the going to sleep scene with Dorothy and Sophia as I imagine this gets across the difficulty of sleeping with someone for the first time, adjusting to each other's odd behaviors, various sleep aid strategies and products and whatnot. Very delightful stuff there. And we also see that the house has a decent sized porch attached to the front door here. Very large landing here it has. Yes. Large landing, large Lanai. This is a massive estate here yes, it in is. Miami.
1: Yes, I have said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looked like to me at the front, which I haven't I looked into this, but the outside of there, they're like concrete blocks to make the wall, mm-hmm. which maybe that's normal in Miami or in Florida, but like in Indiana, concrete blocks to build your house or not.
0: No, that'd be odd. No, I mean, I would assume like maybe like some nice trellising with some, some <laughs> ivy or something on it. But, yeah, I don't know. So where does your tracking stuff stand here? What do you got well, for us? Um,
1: well, I, I want to go back to this Blanche and her bedroom in this episode. Because okay. we know Dorothy has moved in with Sophia. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was Dorothy's room back at the back. Okay. Maybe. So, yes, maybe Blanche has moved in there just for this episode because the girls felt a boy on that end might not work out so well. So, they wanted all the girls on one end of the house. But they never explicitly said that Blanche had moved over there. Uh, yeah, it, the way they do these rooms are very. <laughs> because when David's leaving why did he come out of that hallway with his bag instead of where his room is supposed to be i mean did he is that the laundry room and he went you know got his laundry out of the washer or dryer i don't know i mean it's all they they do the rooms very uh, strangely anyway uh I, i noticed that i think the kitchen table, it had a different table covering in this episode. It's a, This one's a little off-white. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, these ladies changed their decor quite a bit, so changing a tablecloth, it would not be a big deal. Uh, in this episode, there were no weddings or planned weddings. There was no physical abuse of Rose, no St. Olaf stories, no cheesecake seating eaten, no Sicily or Italian stories, though there was a Sicily-Italian reference. Um, No the girls got mad at each other, and there was no stand visits. So we still have two weddings, planned weddings, which were the very first two episodes. There's two physical abuses of Rose, no St. Olaf stories, no cheesecakes eaten. No, uh, been one Sicily story There's been two Sicily-Italian references. One time the girls got mad at each other, and there's still just one Stanley appearance. And my rating for this episode, I thought it was a very good episode, uh, or a good episode, but not the best by far. Uh, 72 out of 100.
0: That will do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the show for more great content like this. And until the next episode, goodbye.